Hi, I'm Art Kaplan, and I'm talking to you today from the Department of Medical Ethics at the University of Pennsylvania. I want to get into a pretty uh, interesting and controversial subject, the role of disability in deciding who can get an organ transplant. Uh, I think you may have heard that there was a case that got tons of national attention involving a two-year-old girl at our children's hospital here in Philadelphia, an affiliate of uh, the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, the mom and the dad went down to talk with them about the fact that uh, their little girl's kidneys were going to fail in the next year and they came away hearing that she wouldn't be eligible for a transplant, even one that they might want to give a kidney for because of her mental retardation was the word that they used. Now I don't know what was said back and forth in that conversation, I don't know if they heard that right. But it does raise the more general question, which is very important ethically, what role should mental impairment play in deciding who gets access to scarce, expensive resources like transplants? The way I think about it is mental impairment shouldn't play a role in itself with one broad exception, which I'll come back to. What we care about is whether mental impairment makes it hard for the transplant to work. At the end of the day, what we really want to pay attention to is the likelihood of success of the transplant. When you have a scarce expensive resource, you want to maximize the chances that that transplant is going to work and that it's going to benefit the person that you're giving it to as opposed to others who might have benefited as well. So in some situations, mental impairment can be a problem. If you're institutionalized because of your mental impairment, you don't have any uh, family members who come and look after you and help, well, that's a tough environment to make a transplant work in. You've got to monitor the medicines, you've got to pay close attention to any changes in the person's health that might indicate that the organ's rejecting, and they're taking drugs that suppress their immune system, putting them at huge risk of infection in institutional settings that will kill them. So in that situation, it's not mental impairment, but it's the institutionalization that could be morally relevant. In other situations, mental impairment is just associated with other problems. So if you have a genetic condition that also causes you to have a deformed heart, to be mentally impaired, to have seizures, to have a very distorted body, well, that may make it hard to do the transplant, literally to put an adult organ into a small body that's contorted, or that you can't take the drugs that you need to take to make the transplant work because it'll make your seizures worse. So again, there could be situations in which mental impairment is relevant if it's part of a spectrum of conditions that would really diminish the chance that you can make a transplant work. At the end of the day, I said there was one exception where I think mental disability does count. If you're completely mentally disabled, Alzheimer's disease, someone in a permanent vegetative state, I don't think we should be transplanting those people if there are other people who are more likely not just to live, but to live and be able to interact and uh, sense the world around them and be, if you will, engaged with their surroundings. Just transplanting someone for biological life when someone else could do much, much better, I do think that counts. So I wouldn't be transplanting someone who had so severe an intellectual impairment that they couldn't think or feel or interact or sense. But outside that category, I think we should not pay too much attention to mental impairment only count it when it is biologically relevant to the chance of survival of the transplant. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Art Kaplan.